is never the underdog. Yes, sir. He's never the underdog. Yes, sir. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-hosts, Shu and Raul. And this week, we got a special guest with us. We got Dave Bradley, who's the creative director for Duke Men's Basketball. Um, he's been a member of the Duke staff for over 15 years. You're probably pretty familiar with all the videos that we put out, um, all the images. It's really grown in the last few years with the rise of social media. Uh, so really thankful for him for coming on and kind of we'll talk a little bit about the growth of Duke Blue Planet, um, how the role in recruiting, um, and kind of talk a little bit about the transition from, from K to Shire. Um, but if you're not familiar, Dave has kind of led the charge here in creating what, in my opinion, and probably statistically, is the biggest social media brand um, in college sports. I mean, Duke just draw every year I see the little... 2.1 million people watch this game. We're always like three of the top five, like watch games and sports. Uh, so big brand. He's kind of led the charge and helped kind of building that in the social media age. Um, Duke grad, class of 2004, author of The Worthy Champion. So, you know, we're, we're happy to have Dave. Uh, I'll get, Dave, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit there and um, tell us what you got going on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys having me on for sure. Yeah, do you want a little bit of my background more, or what? What are we looking for? Yeah, well, we had talked off offline a little bit before. I'd like to kind of, you know, the rise of Duke Blue Planet. You mentioned that kind of Quinn Snyder started it as a newsletter. If you could just talk a little bit about that, that's something I didn't know about. Yeah, I think my story starts kind of back then. So I was uh, undergrad at Duke and was always a kind of admirer of Duke basketball. Certainly the reason I wanted to go to Duke was the great uh, athletics and certainly basketball, although I wasn't a Duke basketball fan, grew up in Yukon country. Um, so one year in, freshman year at Duke, kind of a typical freshman year, went a little bit crazy, wanted to find some things I was really passionate about on campus. So I got really involved with the club ice hockey team. And uh, I responded to an ad in the school newspaper, the Chronicle. Uh, look, they were looking for someone who knew uh, Photoshop, and uh, an Adobe page maker now it's become InDesign. So uh, I put I shot my shot and uh, they gave me a chance. So um, I started out like my sophomore year doing like recruiting mail outs. And, and one of the one of the projects I sort of inherited was this Duke Blue Planet black and white newsletter that they were sending to recruits. And it's something that uh, Coach Snyder had started. It was his idea. I'm not sure if he had been the one that actually produced it, but was kind of his brainchild and so we 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 made the Duke Blue Planet newsletter into uh, kind of a full color magazine and uh, and I was doing recruiting mail outs and you know as time evolved I think I grew my skills and um I'm about to graduate I put three good years in really made Duke basketball probably my biggest priority when I was on campus and uh, they offered me a position when I was graduating so um, to kind of stay on and really do do what I had been doing the whole time, um, which was a recruiting side and this Duke Blue Planet uh, newsletter, which had become kind of a full color magazine. So I just want to keep get, getting better, better with that and developing that. Um, you know, as time went on, kind of earned the trust of the coaching staff as I became a full time staff member, of course, getting more exposure to the coaches and Coach K and all that. So um, in my first couple of years, it was a lot of that and, and still grinding and trying to figure out the recruiting game, definitely aging myself here where I'm saying it's, mm. uh, you know, recruiting mailers and black and white mail out. You couldn't do color and all this stuff. So, um, you know, after the 2007 season, you guys remember 2007, uh, you know, we lost to VCU, uh, in the NCAA tournament and there was, there's always obviously, you know, a lot of buzz and, and, and certainly negativity. There's a lot of positivity around our program, but there's negativity. And, um, in 2007, there was, there was, a, there was a ton, you lose to VCU, um, first round in Buffalo there. And, uh, I remember we had a, a big meeting, a big staff meeting with, uh, with the whole program. Coach K was leading it. And, uh, it, this was a big, a big meeting, I think, like for my career, as, as it turns out, as I look back on it, you know, he basically said, Hey, you know, a lot of people are, are telling our story. There's a, a, a lot of stuff out there. The stuff that Dave has done is is pretty good. How do we get that out there more? You know, we're never going to be able to control, you know, what's being said, but we can have a voice. We can have a seat at the table. And how do we get more people to see, you know, what Dave has done through uh, the stories in this in this Duke Blue Planet magazine and and beyond? And um, you know, it was, it was really nice for me at the time I wasn't, you know, my skills probably weren't as refined. I worked my butt off, but, uh, you know, I think I earned his trust. He just saw my hustle. And, uh, and from there, 
uh, we decided to launch DukeBluePlanet.com. It was, again, like dating myself. This is really before social media was huge. Uh, so we launched this DukeBluePlanet.com website. And, uh, you know, and then social media emerged right after that. And of course, to kind of get attention to a website, social media could help. So at this point, I kind of had the trust and the freedom and the flexibility kind of within the program to, to, to do whatever I wanted. And because social media wasn't necessarily big then, um, I sort of saw it as, as, as my lane to get really involved with this program to maybe um, take it up a level and, and, and grow both for myself and for the program, of course. So, um, you know, we launched Twitter and, you know, Instagram and, and everything that's happened since. So I um, think that pivotal meeting in 2007, um, I really got the buy-in from Coach K and, and uh, really have had the green light, um, I guess, a lot of freedom, a lot of trust uh, to, to, you know, to shoot my shot and, and try to lead our program in whatever direction we needed to go um, as all these tools and technologies have shifted around us. What's that pressure like in 07 and that meeting and Coach K turns to you and was like, hey, Dave, you're going to be the one to tell our story. You're going to be the one to get us out here on the map. Is that like, I'm going to set you up an office. We're going to get you a staff. We're really going to blow this thing up. Or do you just take it, Dave, and, and go with it? Yeah, back then, I think it was more of a take it, Dave, and go with it. And, you know, there were some folks around me and, and you know, who I worked for, um, in addition to Coach, that I think that, that helped me. Um, but it was... It was overwhelming, but it was more than overwhelming. It was just so empowering. I think, um, you know, to have Coach K have that trust and to hear him say it in front of everyone, um, you know, that that meant a lot. And uh, that that like I didn't I was going to work every hour of the day to try to figure it out. And I think um, I have it's it's taken time. I don't know that I'm always like the the, the smartest guy in the room, but I'm going to you know I work everybody and and a guy like Coach K is trying to. You know, give you the green light, you're going to go above and beyond to, to figure it all out for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So what is that like around that time? Is it kind of just you or a few people? Like what, how did you recruit your staff? I guess, like, how did you kind of, to use the Walter White, like, how did you build the empire? Yeah, and that certainly took time. Um, you know, it's been, it's been a process for everyone uh, inside Duke basketball, inside Duke athletics, in our whole, obviously our whole sphere of, of, of sports to kind of see the value and importance of social media. So, um, you know, when we were starting out with it, uh, it was, it was just me, you know, my dad was going on the road. He was paying his own way to, to fly and take photos for me, um, at games. And I wasn't even always traveling with the team really early on. And so as time passed, it was like, okay, you know, like this, this is important. We could do more. How do we do more? How do we do more? And, uh, you know, and then ultimately, I think you know, pivotal time was was several years later. Um, you know, Coach Wojo went to Marquette, and, and I moved into the director of ops position um, for for the whole program. And so there was a kind of a position there to to full time hire like a creative person to help. And I was still going to be over it. Um, so you know, that was sort of like the first time where you you know felt like the you had the backing to do that, and uh, you want to keep growing, you want to keep getting better. So it's evolved and from a kind of a one man band with my dad to, and now we had a couple of people. Um, and then you start getting students involved. You get a budget to outsource for graphics. Duke Athletics hires an amazing photography team. You know, and suddenly you go from one to kind of a whole team there uh, to make the magic happen. For sure. For sure. And I know, you know, Shu's kind of our, our resident music head here. So I know he kind of wants to, to jump in and ask that. But I'm curious too, kind of like the first, you know, the music part of it, like, how does that go into it? Like, how do you choose that? And then two, like, how do you balance this? Like, because you're really trying to target kind of like younger fans, older fans, and then potential player, like potential recruits and stuff. How do you, if we could analytically describe that, what is that process like of who is going to benefit the most from these videos or how do we make this the most marketable or attractable? Yeah. You got to identify your target audiences, like you said, and be strategic about that, have conversations and you got to make some tough decisions there because you're not going to appeal to everybody. What appeals to a potential recruit may not appeal, probably won't appeal necessarily to like my dad or whatever. So you got to make some decisions. And sometimes you have content that's literally designed for an audience of one and that's okay too. Um, music is, is essential. You know, you guys know, you guys are all on social media. I mean, music can, can make or break, you know, 90% of social media content that, that, that has music to it. So we've been super intentional uh, about making sure we're, we're putting music on the content that will resonate with our target audiences. And um, so it's important for me to be familiar with that. And as I get older, you know, I'm 40 now, I got a dad, I'm a dad, I got two kids. 
you know, I'm probably more in tune with like the Paw Patrol theme song than the, than the latest the Baby album. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have people around me that know it, and I still try to know it. But uh, you know, we got to make sure you know talking to the players and all that. You know, that that's 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 key too. Um, you have all these players around you. Um, you can lean on them and, you know, where we're situated, we have a social media hub, you know, we're with the team all the time. We're having conversations. We're on the bus, you know, we're on the road. You can connect with these guys and you hear what they like. You see what they like. They're, they're number one. I mean, there are, you know, they're obviously our biggest, uh, ad brand advocates, brand ambassadors or whatever. So, um, they're crucial. So you have that trust, you have folks around me that know music. Um, and then more specifically to answer your question, uh, you know, it, it's tricky because you you, you want to be able to use mainstream music. You want to get access to music that, uh, you know, that your target audiences will identify with and connect with. And um, like stock music or whatever, um, you know, that music's not on there. So <laughs> we built some relationships with some record labels, uh, Empire Music. I was pretty proud of that, Empire. Um, I think because our our channels are so so big, right, we're reaching, we can reach you know, half a million people with a post or millions, depending on how it goes with the algorithms or whatever and engagement. So they're, they're willing to give us, you know, music for free, popular artists, because, you know, it's a, we both win, we get the great music and we're able to share the music to a large audience. And there was even some content plays, some collabs that we did. One, one of my, one of my most proud kind of collabs or projects was uh, with Fat Joe uh, Fat Joe came to the UNC game. We were able to use several of the songs on some videos. And then we had this animated video where we had all these Duke legends come through and they're animated sort of as like cartoony. We told a story through it and, uh, you know, an empire picked up some of the, or all the, most of the cost on that. So, um, you know, and then we influencer is a partner that the number of schools use, uh, where influencers like an app to essentially, there's a lot of things that it can do, but it, it's a way to deliver content to your athletes right after game. They get an alert on their phone. It, it, it tags photos automatically. And influencers struck up some deals too with some music labels now, um, where they're able to get music for a lot of their, uh, a lot of their clients too. So, um, you know, we, we try to stay on top of it and make sure that, you know, we have the, the right music, the right content for sure. For sure. I think we're all always pretty impressed with that. I think one of my favorite ones was, I guess it was nine, no, probably would have been 2020, I guess, when it was the, uh, the Drake, the laugh now, uh, when they, like all the collabs, Joey's pulling up in the yeah. golf cart, right? The baby. Get K to say baby. K yeah. did it. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's gotta be, you know, going back to Kyle gets buckets. Right. And then we're now we're here. It's a, it's a crazy 10-year road there. Yeah, and, and I was, you know, what made me think of that kind of question about, you know, who do you target it to? Like, um, we were out in California for the second round games this year. Uh, you guys did a video, but you said it to Ice Cube, you know, how we do it. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is perfect. I mean, chef's kiss, whoever picked that. It's, you know, showing Cali. For me, anytime I think of Cali, I always think of, you know, old school, 93, 94, like, those West coast tunes yeah, there. The so. cube, the two pods. Yeah, yeah. 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 I definitely have to shout out ninth wonder too. You know, oh, ninth that's my guy. Pat. Yeah. Yes, um, exactly. Ninth's a huge, huge advocate for our program. Sure. A guy, if you text him for anything, he responds right back. So we have music questions, advice. He's made some connections for us. Um, he, he's the man. Uh, oh, he's yeah. a great, great guy. Uh, so I should give him a shout out as well. there on the music side for sure. Hundred percent. I'm big little brother fan. So every time I go to a game, I see Pat. You know, say what's up because yeah, big time. Yeah, that is. It's really cool to have him associated uh, with the program as well. Um, I, I was going to jump in and talk a little bit about recruiting, but before I do that, I think this fits good here. Uh, it seems like there's been moments throughout DBP where there's I don't know I don't want to use the word targeted but it's like a certain player from a team has kind of been identified as like you're my guy like you're the camera guy whether that was Nolan um Marshall my personal favorite just great on camera sometimes and then other times it kind of is just like you know we have Dale we got kills we got you know Paolo whoever's it's just you know free for all is that like um intentional or is it just kind of like a feel it out is it team based is there certain guys that you just kind of hone in how does that work yeah, I think all the above, you know, the process with us, with these guys starts now on their recruiting visit and you get to know them, you hear from them. And then when they get here uh, in July, I sit down, we, my team, we sit down with them and you go through one-on-one and you talk about their interests and help them define their brand and kind of understand where they're at with that. And you get to know what they're interested in and what they're not interested in. And, uh, and it kind of goes from there. You know, some guys, we want to make sure every guy's story is told. 
and uh, you know, in their own way and every guy has his own story. Um, but, but some guys are just more into, you know, being on camera. Some guys it comes more natural to, and uh, you know, and the guys where it's not as natural, we're not going to force it on them or whatever. Um, and there are probably other ways we can get into telling their story. Um, and we try to make sure that, like I said, everyone's kind of uh, taken care of there. So it sort of kind of plays itself out on its own where, um, you know, some guys just want to do it more than other guys. And, and, and everything has to be real genuine and authentic for this thing to work. Right. Like you guys can see right away if, it, if we're trying too hard or players trying too hard, you know, in 2022, you know, everyone can kind of see right through it. So um, we're pretty careful, you know, about making sure that when we ask the guy, a guy to do anything, he's going to be excited about it and, uh, and, and, and kind of will be able to be himself uh, and not feel too stressed or else it, or else it won't work. And then it won't be great for our relationship with that player in the short term and the long term, and all that kind of ties together. Right. And I, I imagine that's difficult for a lot of players, right? Cause you're kind of coached into like, this is how we respond to media. This is how we give interviews. These are things we speak about publicly. These are how we, and then it's like, okay, but now we really need you to kind of show a little bit of that. Right. And you know, I could imagine a lot of guys kind of struggle with that boundary, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But, um, Anything else from, from you all, bro? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask how that shifted with one and done, because obviously a big uh, purpose of uh, the social media outreach is for fans to connect with the players and see their personality. And I feel like that's a little bit easier to do over the course of four years with somebody like Nolan Smith, who we see on camera a lot and get to know really well, or Quinn Cook. Um, but now, you know, players are sort of in and out of the program so quickly. So I, what kind of impact has that had? I don't think it's had, you know, necessarily a, an amazing impact either way. I mean, everything, you know, now it's certainly, you know, you go through the process every year. Um, guys that stay longer, uh, you know, maybe we we as a creative team, we as a program, you guys as fans or, or whatever, like, yeah, you get to know a guy better no matter what, you know, that's just natural year by year. But, uh, you know, e even even in a, in a nine month deal, 10 month deal, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to know these guys in the recruiting process. We're spending a lot of time with them. You know, we're, we do the best we can to get to know them, um, you know, and, and, and these guys, we're not going to recruit someone that's not going to buy in or whatever. So we're recruiting good guys, uh, you know, that want to be a part of it, that, that want us to help them. And, and, you know, so, but it's been, it's been great either way. And, uh, you know, and, and I think like there's always one and done and then we just, more of those types of guys have kind of committed to us over the past, I guess you could say eight to 10 years. Um, but I mean, we've also had guys that have stuck around too. So, um, you know, I don't think it hasn't changed too much in, in how we approach things. Maybe, you know, maybe it's affected fans a little bit in different ways, but, um, you know, we've got guys that are great to work with. So whether you're for one, two, three, or four, we're going to help them however we can, obviously, and kind of go from there. I think a good segue to, um, when did it become like, I guess, you know, early on you said 07, case all the value in this, but it seemed to kind of be more of like programmatic and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. It seems more recently though, this has really just been like a hammer for recruiting, right? That has to be a huge piece of it. When did that kind of shift or was there any conversations of like, Hey, you know, we could really use this to market guys to come in or was it just kind of a organic thing that happened? A lot of it's been really organic. I think, like I said, the shift where I went to the ops role, director of ops role, where we're able to have more than just me involved. That was kind of the first step, you know, and then around then, um, you know, like some commitments were happening, right? Like you have uh, my first year as director of ops was our national championship team in 2015. So you get John Tyus and their commitment and what that whole team was able to do and kind of show. Um, and then as that was happening parallel to that, um, I think, you know, we were just like, it was just an evolution. Like we were just so early on social media. I think everyone, anything you do, you try to get better and better. And we were just probably on a fast track with it where we had one person myself who was like all in on it. And then it was like, okay, how do we do more? Well, someone else was maybe four years behind us. And so we've just kind of been one step at all along kind of evolving and just trying to get better. And as you go along, you kind of see like, oh, like this, this works. And obviously social media in general in our society has become pivotal. The amount of time uh, that these kids are spending on their phone in 2010 versus, you know, in social media now, it's like incredibly different. So, you know, you got to recruit, you got to be in places where these kids are spending their time. So that part, and we all saw, um, 
you want to make sure your story is being told and you're connecting with these guys in the spaces that they're spending time in. And that's social media now. So uh, we better be there. We better be strong. Um, I think we all saw that. And I think I had hopefully kind of had the trust of the coaches to sort of, you know, maybe like double down, provide some data points or whatever. And people, you could kind of see the results without seeing like, kind of like black and white data, although, although sure. there was that too to show. So um, the timing just has worked out, I think, really well, somewhat lucky, you know, certainly somewhat strategic. Yeah. So what is the, like, uh, if you could kind of walk us through like a typical recruiting visit, or like, does the staff come to you and say, you know, Hey Dave, we got this kid, RJ coming in, like it's going to be on campus or like, how does that part work to where you start to set up your side of things and get that ready? Like when does, I guess your contact happen with these guys? Yeah. I mean, you always have your assistant coach. That's kind of the point person usually for a top recruit, but we're aware of who are, who are recruiting. I'm involved in that process and um, you know, the creative team's aware. So we're getting to know who these guys all are well before they come and visit. And, but then when the visit comes down, you know, you, you have your itinerary and you go through a plan and, you know, talk through um, you know, what, what the kids interests are, you know, the recruiting game, like it's all about getting to know these kids their interests, their passions, their dreams, like all that. Um, and, and that involves a, a lot of time, um, you know, a lot of hustle, a lot of creativity. So um, a lot of work has gone down on that on the front end, somewhat by me, a lot by our coaches. You know, Coach Shire has been crushing, you know, he's he's a mastermind with it. So, um, you know, when these visits come about, we're a lot has happened before, obviously, to position our program to you know, hopefully have a great visit to have a kid coming in who's going to come in with eyes wide open, ears wide open and and be interested in what we have to sell. And when you look at what we have to sell and show, like, you know, I'm biased, but I've been all around. I've been every college campus like, well, Duke's the best campus. I've been in a lot of gyms like Cameron's probably as good as any to see a game of college basketball. Right. And you look at our NBA family, uh, like pretty good NBA family. You might want to be part of that. Right. And you look at, you know, our university network, brotherhood, people who are part of our program, like there's a lot to sell and, and show there. And then you have all the exposure. My part specifically, um, you know, obviously is more on the brand side and I've sort of evolved from like social media guy, hopefully to like brand guy, big picture guy, or it's not just like tweeting and sharing. There's a social media post. There's a lot of strategy and again, more big 20,000 level, uh, 20,000 foot level, um, thinking going on here. So, um, you know, I get to sit down with all these kids one-on-one -on -one and I want to like go through all the secrets ins and outs, but, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, you know, there, there doesn't need to be any smoke and mirrors. It's, it's facts, right. It's figured right. it's, it's, uh, it's kind of laying out, you know, what it is and, and there's no better program, uh, to, to kind of build a brand, uh, to, to become known. People get to know you when you wear that Duke uniform, it's opportunity that goes with that. Um, you know, and then the, the exposure point, right? We've had 12 of the most 16 most viewed regular season games since 2010, more mm -hmm. Instagram interactions than any other conference over the past five years, 240 TV million, 240 million TV viewers over the past four years, right? We averaged 3 million a game this past year, which is more than the Lakers. <laughs> um, our NBA guys, you know, Zion included more followers gained on Instagram while they were here than their first year out. So it's, you know, facts like this, right? I think yeah. we, we look, Nielsen is a, you guys might know Nielsen. Nielsen's a, kind of the kind of standard for uh, TV viewership data, marketing data. And uh, so they've done some 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 deep dives on, on uh, social media and exposure. So we get some data from them, but, um, you know, they found through a report that like power five conferences or power six, I guess, in college hoops, 1100% more value gain, marketing value gain for, for a college hooper at Duke versus the average. So, um, you know, the numbers are there, the numbers are compelling. So you're able to get a kid to come who's what, you know, wide eyed, open ears, wants to feel it, wants to have a great visit. Coaches have done the legwork there. And then, you know, my, my seat, I get to come in and kind of lay out this, this great situation for them. Um, I always love to do that. And that's the first time, you know, for me that I get to really know these guys. And then hopefully, you know, if a kid commits, it's a relationship that starts when they come to the social media hub and, you know, for me, you know, I get to know these guys a long time later. Coach Shire, head coach now, right? Emil Jefferson, mm -hmm. um, he's on staff now and plenty of relationships that I built along the way. But it kind of starts then and you hope that it can, you know, last a long time. That's the best part of the job. For sure. And it seems like there's, it's like you have an itinerary, but there's also like an individualized approach. And I'm a little curious too, like, 
do you initiate? So we have a recruit coming in. Does everyone get the photo shoot and the like video or did, does the recruit have to say, Hey, I'd like to get some, I'm, I'm curious because you know, they announce, right. And then like with the announcement post, it's Mark Mitchell in his Duke Jersey doing his thing. And obviously that was done beforehand. Um, is that just everybody that comes in? Like, if you want it, let's do it. Or is that more catered to certain guys? Most kids nowadays, you know, some of these guys who are interested, uh, you know, coming in on the portal, older guys may not be as jazzed about like a photo shoot, but you know, any kid nowadays, like they're all going to want a photo shoot, but the, the process is very personalized for sure. Um, so, you know, you, you make tweaks here. It's not like a template for every visit. You definitely make adjustments for a kid's interest, you know, to include maybe how you do a photo shoot, but every kid's going to want that. And, uh, you know, it's become one of the centerpieces. I think, again, I don't want to <laughs> toot our own horn too much, but I think <laughs> the coaches would say it's become, it's come from maybe an afterthought to now this brand presentation and, um, and, and the photo shoot is really a centerpiece of these visits. And, and I see the energy that you get from a kid. It was always there. They were, they were always into this. They're always into hearing about social media and the brand and all that. Um, but now it's like with NIL and everything, it's like, they're on the edge of their seat. Like you can see it. And some kids you read, you know, you can read more than others, but, but all of them now, like they get it, they know it's important and having that combo with them. Um, is a lot of fun and seeing them go through the photo shoot. Like, you know, that's dope. Like there are, these kids are living their dream, whether it's at, for sure. know, these other schools, like they should, they're, they're all amazing opportunities or, you know, they should, they should live it up. So we want to make sure that we, uh, you know, hold up onto the bargain there for sure. Yeah. Um, is there a certain player or recruit that's kind of like stood out to you during this process that either like charisma wise or just like goofiness or just whatever it is? Has there been someone that you're like, man, this guy's really been fun to work with or. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think, I mean, Zion's whole story, I guess I would, that's an easy one to, to jump at, right? Like you came in and then he was into it. Um, he was one of the first guys like where I really was able to do his class where I was able to really do the whole presentation and, um, and to see him, uh, you know, kind of evolve. And then his commitment, you know, where like, we didn't know where he was going to go. I remember being in the room with, with coach, uh, not usually with the coaches when these announcements go down, but we'd had a game and I was in the back room with, uh, it was coach. It was all the coaches. It was, you know, coach K and, um, you know, coach James and Shire and, and, and Capel, we didn't know where he was going to go. And he, not only did he obviously come to Duke, but he said like, I'm joining the brotherhood of Duke university. So he says the brotherhood, which, you know, that, that mm -hmm. hit it hard for, for, for me and for any of us that have been sort of a part of like trying to make that a thing. And, um, you know, you get his commitment and obviously it worked out pretty well. So I guess I'd have to shout out Zion on that. Yeah. Um, and I might have kind of uh, buried the lead there a little bit. The brotherhood, right? Talk a little bit about like how that term, I, I think I heard, uh, maybe, I think maybe Capel was pretty big into, into pumping that. Um, when did that become a part of the brand versus just, you know, the Duke family or brothers or like, when did that term become, hey, this is marketable. This captures us. This is going to be, you know, part of how we sell and market ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it really started, you know, um, coach Cape and I, like he, you know, he was on obviously the staff and and he and I were pretty close. We would text at night, just different ideas, spitballing about social media, about basketball, about life, whatever. And, uh, and he, he came up with the brotherhood one night and I think he had a random tweet about Quinn cook around an NBA game and he used it. And, uh, so we went back and forth and I was like, you know, this, this, this could be something like, what do you think? We went back and forth again or whatever. And um, he was like, yeah, go for it. So, you know, that was really the start of it. And I think as, as I thought, as we thought more about it, um, it was sort of the right time. I think we had kind of like the depth and breadth, the quality of, of, of like former player in the NBA and beyond where um, it sort of could speak for itself. You had guys that are really proud of the program. Like you can't, you can't launch something like that without that. So timing was right. And the other reason why the timing was right, the reason why I want to do it, right, is like the Duke basketball brand, you know, one of my good friends is is uh, is Coach Pykele at Rutgers. And in the program that he inherited Rutgers, he had a brand that he could really shape, right? Like Rutgers basketball didn't necessarily have this like powerful, strong brand. I think of Rutgers basketball, what do you think? Well, now you think of something because Coach Pike's done an amazing job. Shout out to Coach Pike. But like Duke basketball, when, even when I came on all these years earlier, it kind of had a pretty solidified brand, right? Cameron mm -hmm. Crazies and Coach K, and you know, you, you thought of the Duke basketball a certain way. Um, but if there's another element we could add to it, 
like, let's do it. As we think about coach K, maybe not being the coach forever. We want to coach the coach forever, but there's going to be a day uh, where, where that wouldn't be the case. So having the brotherhood was probably a little bit of a strategic play in that regard where um, now you get guys, you know, like Zion's committing and he's saying, I'm joining the brotherhood. It's become more. And I think um, it's well positioned now. I didn't necessarily know when coach was going to retire and maybe it's a little earlier than I thought, but um, you know, I think it's positioned us at least in a little bit of a maybe better way now to continue on where, um, you know, people know, know Duke basketball as the brotherhood now. It's, it's well, kind of- and the old heads adopting that terminology and using it very intentionally. Like I listened to the old man in the three with JJ all the time. And he very intentionally calls it a brotherhood. The brotherhood's real. Jay Billis is talking about it, but then you also have Jason Tatum talking about it. Right. So like, I think that's the like coolest part is how, you know, the, the older guys just kind of jumped right onto it. Right. Which obviously, helps the term get out there of Billis and Grant and, and JJ and all of them are using it. Um, well, let's kind of, kind of transition a little bit here. So NIL is kind of, you know, all the rage right now, right? Everyone's trying to figure out what that's going to look like. I think, uh, I think we thought we might've had a little bit of idea until we saw the transfer portal stuff. And it's like, Whoa, this is going to be a much more complex machine um, than I initially thought. What's kind of been, like your role in that process, how is that going to kind of be shaping, you know, what you're going to do and what does that look like as much as you can, can give here? Yeah. I mean, complex is a good word you used. I would use complex, (laughs) Um, but, but, you know, first of all, uh, you know, like NIL has always been a selling point. Kids have always had their own brands and the opportunity to build those in college. That was pivotal time for them to do that. Of course, they couldn't make money on it until they left. Uh, Now they can make money on it. Um, you know, so the, the college decision, uh, you know, where you can go, like, it's still like, first and foremost, I think you got to think of it as like a, a lifetime decision. So yeah, you can make X amount of money and we're all for obviously a player making, that's great. Like make, make money while you're in school and you're on, on your name. like, that's awesome. Um, but you know, make a little bit of money from, you know, signing a ball or running a camp or endorsing Joe's pizza shop, like that's small potatoes compared to like the bigger picture with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you gotta, you gotta start with that and recognize that. And so there's still a big time responsibility and was on like my side, creative team side, program side to make sure these guys are educated on it, on how to build their brand in general. Right. And, 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 and how to navigate this new era, um, you know, and then the compliance piece, like all the transactions that go along with that, all that's important tax implication, understanding all that. So there's so many logistics to it. And then of course, um, you know, if there are opportunities to do this, fitting them in within their schedule and, and, and still making sure they're making the main thing, the main thing, like you gotta be hooping and taking care of business on the court or, um, you know, the whole thing could, could, could kind of collapse a little bit. So, um, all that said, I think, yeah, I mean, it's been difficult. I think for everybody, there's been more, more change in, in, in the game in this since July one, when this thing came down than in 50 years before, really in the whole game, it's been, seismic change and uh and you know the way NCAA did it like it was difficult because you know two days before I couldn't have told you like what the rules were even going to be and then July 1 hit and like okay here are the rules and then like there weren't a ton of guardrails now so like people were taking it as they as they wanted to take it and you guys you guys have seen um how it's gone certainly like these collectives have played a huge role in uh in in recruiting outcomes like there's no doubt about it I think, you know, we, we do definitely have some plans in the works and some of those are probably a few weeks or months away. But um, I think like everyone at Duke and certainly Coach Shire, all of us like know the importance of it. And um, there's no better place to take advantage of it, like in a, in a good way than Duke. And we'll make sure that like that can happen. Um, and there's been tons and tons of convos. Um, but but at some of those are, you know, like like probably some some things that we can't talk about just yet, but right. we'll be able to in a few years. And then and then there's certainly activities that go go on behind the scenes with, with the collectives, like I said, that like a school like can't be a part of, isn't supposed to be a part of and all that. And uh, you know, those those types of things may, you know, shift a, a recruiting decision in the short term. But uh, you know, there's a lot of dominoes that go with that too. So I think we've been pretty cautious trying to take it all in. Uh, make sure everyone can understand it. You know, there's so many silos within athletic department university that, that like have to get involved for this to go well. So I think syncing some of those up, you know, and, and not rushing to something where um, it won't work, you know, two months later. So 
um, I feel confident, you know, we'll be, we'll be in a good spot with this kind of when the dust settles and, and, you know, like I, some of these facts and figures that you guys get a sense on the social media side and beyond, like how this could work really well for, uh, for uh, a recruit and a player, we're going to make sure that it does. Yeah. It, it's comprehensive. I don't know if you can even talk on this, but it seems to me like this could really grow into like having to designate someone is like, Hey, this is just going to be your job or maybe even a new department, right. Or a whole new kind of thing. It's, I know we brought Shragi on, uh, not to say he's for that, but just to like, Hey, someone's going to need to really just like iron, like focus all of their time on here. I don't know if we've gotten to that point yet, or if you see that being that big, or if it's it, to me, I don't know really where I'm going with. There's just so much moving parts and the NCA has really kind of created this free for all. Now we have agents coming in here doing this manipulation with the portal. Um, very complex, right? It, it seems like it could really get messy, I guess. Um, and, and to me, I guess it would on the surface seem a little bit easier to manage talking to high schoolers, recruits over years of like, this is kind of how our brand works. This is your brand, Simpatico. Uh, versus like portal where it's almost used as kind of this leverage free agency type thing. I don't know if you've had any, you know, conversations with portal guys or, or managed it on that end yet, but it seems very different than it does in the the high school recruiting world. Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, the timelines are very different on the portal, you know, but the portal timing is everything. Like it's all about timing. When did your season end? Like, mm -hmm. what is your kid doing? Is he going to stay or go? Do you have guys that maybe could go to the draft? What's the portal kids timeline? Like, what is the portal guy looking for with the traditional high school recruit? You know, like it's, a, it's a, it's obviously a longer timeline and, and you right away, if you, if you have interest in a kid, the first couple of things you do is identify the kid's timeline and, and see how it may fit. And you get to, you know, know the kid, you, you work really hard to do your due diligence to, again, get into his hopes, dreams, like interests, you know, who's calling the shots, all that. Um, and, but we've seen like the portal, it's these quick decisions and seem like some of them, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're made based on, on a, a collective or, 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 or someone, you know, dropping a, a large sum of money for, probably a service that, you know, they're getting paid way above like market value. Um, I don't know how, like, I don't know that that's going to be the game over the long term, And I don't know that that's like, you know, not necessarily my decision or whatever, but like, I don't know that that's the game that any, all of us, you know, anyone, like, I don't know that that's like the intent of NIL at its core. So, right. um, you know, when everyone thought this was a great thing, um, certainly I totally agree, right? Like, all of us who work for a college basketball program, we all have roles and responsibilities. And it's like, okay, here's this whole new thing that's going to be super important to everybody. And, you know, you have two days to figure it out uh, because it starts in, you know, July 1. That's basically how it went down. So I think you'll see maybe some roles and responsibilities shifting or, you know, to your point, like adding staff. And uh, I think we'll do that. I think athletic departments are doing that, whether the staff is a Duke, bas a Duke men's basketball staffer that, may work alongside me or, or around me or, you know, athletic departments are hiring NIL that kind of serves the whole department where their specialty is that, um, you know, the athletic departments that are doing that, the team that are doing that are, are probably the forward thing and probably smart, you know, and I think we're, we'll certainly look to do that here in the very, like very near term. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it seems, you know, just it initially, it seemed kind of more like player empowerment, player driven. And now it's almost transitioning to where it's like, you know, the schools aren't really supposed to have a hand in it, but it seems like you kind of have to have some sort of like network of alumni and other like community. It's going to get, it's going to blow up. It seems like, um, but we'll, we'll get ready to get, get out of here shortly. So last question on the recruiting side of things, I guess, not really a recruiting question, but working with John 07, that when you really kind of started this going now seeing him passing out the torch head coach, John Shire, what is that like for you? Kind of, you know, you're, you're there with him the whole way through. Now here it is. Uh, is. Is that really set in yet? Or will that not be until countdown or sometime when he, you know, comes out of the tunnel? Yeah, I think it's been amazing, really amazing for me to see him uh, evolve and, and really an honor to be, you know, associated with him, a friend with him, to, to see kind of behind the scenes how it's all played out and to see you know, some of his traits that, you know, Duke fans all saw as a player, um, kind of the core of John Shire. 
uh, see him evolve as a, as a man, as a father, as a coach, like I've seen all this, he and I were kind of always close, um, you know, independent of necessarily like Duke basketball, like just, just a good friend. And then obviously came back on staff when we became closer. So, um, it's been, it's been exciting and, and, and like, like fascinating. Like it's Chris, like even just like, who's going to be the next coach? Like all that was such a question. It was always kind of the, the elephant in the room. Like, when's this going to happen? Who's it going to be? And every, like you fans were asking, but like everyone, like internally, we all, none of us knew. Um, and so the process of, 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 of like hearing coach was, was going to do one more year and then, you know, trying to figure out who was going to be and all that was, was amazing. But I think the best part, you know, has been, has been just seeing John uh, evolve and grow. And some of the things that, you know, we all saw in, in him as a player, it, it has translated really well to him. You know, he's the most, probably the most competitive guy I know, you know, as a player, we saw that he's a guy that finds a way to win. He's very curious. He doesn't try to take on everything himself. He can read a room, see who's on his team, see what he needs from his team, patient leads, figures it out. And I think, um, you know, we, I saw that translate like first, especially in recruiting, and uh, and now, obviously, you know, his role was was always bigger than just recruiting as, as an associate coach. But when you're the head guy, there's so much that goes into it. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, but he, he's been he's been so smart, even even when he was an assistant coach. And before well, before we knew that he may be head coach at Duke, I think he knew he always wanted to be head coach. Like he was you know, he would have would be a very intense about relationships outside the program, going to the LA Rams, talking to coach McVeigh, right. Mm-hmm. Talking to Brad, talking to a Brad Stevens, finding a leadership and culture mentor at Fuqua and meeting with that guy all the time and learning about like having eyes wide open to growing and, and, and becoming better. So when the time came, he'd be ready. So the guy's young, um, but, but he's wise beyond his years. And uh, you know, I think it's been, it's been really fun to see um, you know, him grow into he's done an amazing job. I think to answer your question, I think it really first set in probably the first meeting that we had, like the first staff meeting. And, uh, you know, he was in coach K's chair, the chair that coach usually sits in that spot of the table. Um, that was probably the, the time, although there were so many moments along the way that were really cool when he called me to tell me he got it and all that. Like those are, those are kind of those moments in time where you always kind of remember where you were and uh, how you felt at that time. So now it's been cool. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned his competitiveness. Um, For one, we as fans, you know, because of you, we know John a lot more about John than we would say uh, Daniel Ewing or, uh, you know, Chris Duhon or somebody that played in those years before we got to see those kind of behind the scenes looks um, that you guys provided for us. So that's one thing I've always picked up from him from those videos. I mean, just playing video games, winning the, would he won the EA thing in Maui, but he's just competitive. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, throwing darts, whatever it is, he wants to be the best. And I think that's going to really translate well for us. So I'm glad you mentioned that for sure. Yeah. He and I have some vicious fantasy football rivalries, bragging rights only. We got like the, you know, the iPhone games that you can play. Like it's, it's no matter what little big, it's like, it's nonstop. So we're always going at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think I remember one of the like early videos uh, of DBP. It's Shire was talking about there was like a little rivalry between, I think it was him and Nolan, or maybe Probably. whatever it was. It's like they, they used to park their car like as close as they could to like block <laughs> yeah. the Just little stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think for me as a fan, you know, I thought, and I, I might still eventually, but I thought I would take the Coach K retirement much worse i guess because you know for me i'm 33 so he has been duke you know my whole life but the fact that it was john that took it like softened that a little bit right it's like you know this guy's one of us he's been here the whole time like i feel like i know the guy right like it, it just made it much more so than i think um you know had the timeline's been a little different and it is a brad stevens sitting there right or, or it is a chris beard or it is somebody that's a little more um you know, I guess name recognition wise outside of the program, but the fact that it was John, I think really helped me, I guess, as a fan, I don't know if Shu and Raul, if that did anything for y'all, but I think for me specifically, it definitely made it like we're still Duke, right? This is still us. It's still the brotherhood. It's still the same values. It's still the same program. Um, definitely interested to see kind of how he goes though, like what Mark he's gonna, he's gonna put on there. But, um, um, 
Yeah, so we'll go ahead and kind of wrap up here shortly. I already asked you about the favorite player. Do you have a favorite video that you've put out? I know you kind of hit on it a little bit. Is there one that or two that you're like, yeah, this one was just really fun or turned out well or produced well or however you quantify that? Yeah, you probably have to give me at least five, but I can give you five. So first, I can probably go in somewhat chronological order. So the first one, um, you know, this was kind of still when I was still figuring things out, but the Kyle gets buckets, the Kyle Singler trick shot video, yeah. Kyle and I were, were pretty close, uh, and, 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 uh, kind of got to see his personality on that and kind of up the ante a bit where Duke let us fire basketballs on the top of the chapel. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was kind of the first viral hit. Uh, I'd have to say that another one, uh, I went out to Vegas during USA basketball camp and it was right place, right time. And, uh, and Kobe and Kyrie yep. were, were kind of going back and forth. And it was young Kyrie challenging Kobe. And, and you probably all have seen this. And it was just really raw. I mean, I didn't film it 100 out of 100. And it was just on a kind of like a dinsy little camera. But um, obviously, you know, Kobe is a guy we all admire and respect. And it was a cool moment. And I think uh, it spoke to what what I've tried to bring to social media all along, which is an authenticity and, you know, access. And I had the trust of, of Kyrie in that moment and, and, and Kobe to just run with something. Um, so it works. I'd say that, uh, that we did a video, like a scripted video with like over 50 guys, former players. And just because I knew so many of them or all of them and scripted video, um, on the brotherhood, we spoke about the brother early and all that. So I'd say that one. And then, uh, you know, the Duke Blue, Duke Blue Planet becoming a, a big video series again, like long form, the first episode of that, you know, mm-hmm. we brought that back just because like Duke Blue Planet had kind of come full circle and that meant something to me. And I thought um, that was Stephen Broom who edited that one. He was a former videographer for us. Um, he crushed it. So I'd say that. And then last from this past season, um, I'm a huge, I'm really into drones and flying drones and so we did some amazing collabs with this with this dude Jay Christensen, who's like the master FPV drone pilot. Brought him in, and it was a team effort, a lot of strategy, and and uh, working behind the scenes to get to some places to fly the drone. But we did a really cool. There's a, like I said, there's several of them, but the one that I probably like best was the first one. <clears throat> it was a sort of like a campus tour. Yep. Yeah, we had Coach yeah. Shire at the top of the chapel, and it kind of yep. zoomed all around. So go under people, um, lift and weights. Yeah, 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 that was, yeah, that was yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. And probably just because maybe a little bit of recency bias there, but uh, I'll say those five. Nice. Okay. Did you do um, like, I don't know, like commitment videos? Do y'all do those as well? Like some of the, I'm thinking specifically like Trey Jones's commitment video. Is that something that y'all had a part in or is that just all outside on? Yeah. NCAA rules have changed actually in the past. I don't want to say time period, year or so. Uh, now you can do personalized custom videos. So we could send to a recruit anything we wanted personalized to include if a kid wanted a commitment video. So we've done a couple. We helped with Sean Stewart's. Um, before that, we couldn't. So those guys would go off on their own and, and okay. kind of figure it out. Maybe they'd ask us for advice, but usually they would kind of figure it out on their own. Whereas now, you know, if, if we, if, if uh, they wanted help, we could do it. But of course, it's limited. We can't go fly to Sean Stewart with a video crew and do it. It'd have to be kind of, we're patching together highlights and, you know, some stuff maybe we shot on his official visit, that type of thing. So okay. uh, we can only do a little bit there. Okay. I wasn't sure. And then the yeah. other one that I wanted to ask you about the clip of 2015 at Wisconsin in the locker room, is that Duke blue planet? The Quinn cook Duke is never the underdog. Is that Duke blue planet? They got, I don't know where that clip came from. I can't seem to find it anymore. I was just curious if that was y'all that were in there or some, Somebody's in the locker room that got it, I guess. I don't... That was actually the that was the win at Virginia, where Virginia oh, okay. was the Virginia. favorite. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. It was, I think, or was it the Wisconsin? I thought it was at was. I thought it was maybe the first was game Wisconsin. at Wisconsin. I was, thinking that. At Wisconsin. I thought it was Virginia. So, because um, Virginia was ranked number one at the time, so yeah. one of the I don't two. know one, one of the two. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that speaks to the you know having the access and the trust to always roll cameras. I don't think that was me filming at that time. It may have been one of our other guys, but. You know, like even getting that with Coach K, who uh, Co- Coach has been amazing. Um, you know, he just has like the trust and lets us run with it. But he obviously doesn't want his whole like life story put out there. He's a very private guy. So, um, you know, maneuvering around what fits for him and what he allows the locker room and all that. 
Um, you know, he's been so good and to, to be able to be there with them you know, for his, so many of his locker room talks, we got so much footage of stuff that, you know, we, we never show, um, whether we will someday or just to have, you never know, we're just rolling on it. So you never know when you get a great moment like that, That that's why you do it. Right. That's why you're always rolling. And then, and then you get one. Yeah. I was going to ask a question about that actually. Um, cause the staff is obviously much younger than they were before. Um, and you know, older people tend to be a little bit maybe more private on social media. So do you see the access kind of increasing, if anything? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it takes in 2022 to, you know, to be successful with social media, but just to be successful as a coaching staff takes a lot of energy, you know, a lot of empathy. You got to be really, you know, really connected and, and relate to, you know, to your team, to your, to your athletes and, uh, you know, and then you got to bring that energy to your fans because you want, you got to have fans, you want to connect with your fan base. So I think, I think accessible is at the top of the list of, of like where we want to go and, and maybe maneuver to uh, going forward. And I say that for the whole program, you know, certainly coach Shire, um, you know, he, he, he needs to do a little bit more. He's, he's younger. He's the new guy. And, you know, there's more we can do with fans and, you know, by, you know, coach K being 75 or whatever, like he, his, his thing was all solidified and, uh, you know, everything's new now. So we're definitely going to be, I think, you know, more accessible and, and strategic around being accessible. Um, absolutely. And that, I think that you'll see that in, in a lot of different ways over time, especially guys like you who follow it really close, who kind of known what we've done. Um, in the past, I think you'll see changes, you know, pretty quick and and certainly over the course of time. Nice. One of the first things we got to get is he's talked a lot on podcasts and different interviews about like two on two, the staff playing the players and stuff like that. That's what we need to get. I need to see yes. some DVP of John in action out there, him and Derek going at it, right? <laughs> like him and Jeremy going at it. Um, he's talked about it a lot. So, and I know he can still play. So we need to, we need to get him out there, get him out there and actually, we know he likes to talk the trash at least. You That's know, we it. Get, we've, we've got that point. So yeah, we, we actually have some in the can. Uh, we haven't put it out yet, but, uh, we've been busy with other stuff, but, uh, Trey Jones was just back and, um, he and John, of course, got into shooting contests and John was talking a lot of trash and John beat him, uh, at least in, I think they had two John beat him in at least one of the two. So. He let Trey know. <laughs> Trey proposed on campus when he was back. Yeah, it was right? all that part of that. that? Yeah, yeah, Trey was around for like four or five days and was visiting. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess as, as we kind of wrap up here, the last thing I got for you, just any thoughts or just reflection on, you know, the time you've been at Duke and, and Kay's retirement and just the 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 vision, right? Because you know, to use JJ's terminology again, it's that always becoming, right? So, what's the next thing for Duke Boot Planet, and how do you kind of reflect on your time with Coach K? Yeah, I mean, I start with Coach. I mean, it was it's been uh, you know for me personally, but for for all of us, I mean, obviously an amazing amazing run for him. I think everyone was happy that this thing didn't end on the COVID year, you know, this past year had a great group, probably maybe five first round picks, a, a likable team, you know, team that could have beat anybody on a given day. So um, it was, it was a crazy last year, a lot, lot, lot to it. Certainly one of a kind year, but uh, you know, it's, it's now that the dust has set a little bit, I think it's, it's kind of easy to like move past that. And that was just one of over 40. And for me, you know, one of, uh, let's see here, you know, over 20 where I was around as a student or a player. So um, just a lot of, a lot of great memories. I think with coach, you know, I'll always, if I think of, you know, there's a lot of things you think of, but um, you know, his, his competitiveness, his will to win and his passion, I think is, is the one thing, you know, my parents are really the same age as coach and um, you know, just to see how his energy and passion has affected him in, in such a positive way where the guy just doesn't, he doesn't seem his age and he's just like relentless and so consistent in his day to day. And, uh, and that was tried and true, you know, certainly he changed and the program changed and things had to change, but there are things about coach that never changed all the way through and, and, and so many admirable ways, but just that commitment, that passion, that day-to-day -day energy that he had, he's so consistent, the most consistent human being I've ever been around. And, uh, and obviously of course, you know, you're, you're appreciative of the opportunities that he, he's given me and all of us, like we've all been part of the ride and all that two national championships, final four, so many amazing wins and all these, and all these great players that have come through, 
you know, that you get to meet and build relationships with, um, you know, just people around the program. Also, you know, people want to come around, they want to come around the program. They want to be a part of it. They want to follow it. They want to get to know it. And, 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 and all that's because of coach and we all benefit. So, um, you know, I'd say that, um, you know, but I think that, the, but again, the coach's credit, like the future here, I think is really strong. I mean, it's, it's, it's been building um, in some ways, I think, it's built for, for this moment and, and the program is set up well. You have, you know, like we said before, um, you know, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of empathy, um, a lot of experience to kind of succeed in 2022. And, 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 and the other piece that we talked about was how there's been more change in this past year or so than in the 50 years prior. So I think if you're ever going to have a transition from coach to someone else, you hope it never is going to happen. But but the timing was really good, you know, in that sense. And you have a guy in Coach Shire who who I think is is going to be uh, open to all kinds of new ideas. I think he, because he's been around it, he knows as well as anyone that like we can't do this thing the same way. There's Coach K is one of one, and it's a new era and a new time. If we try to do what we've been doing; it's not going to work. And so I think you know I think people will see um, you know a lot of a lot of a lot of things maybe say the same that should say the same. Um, you know, maybe foundationally, but absolutely, you know, there'll be some some changes here um, that that you know, over the again over the months and and maybe years even that uh, that, that that will move the program in a, in a kind of a forward direction that we we have to take. And um, I just think we're positioned well to do that. John's the right guy for it. So, and then we have the whole brotherhood, right? You got so many guys now that that care about this thing, that are invested in, it, that follow in it, and and we got a bunch of us, you know, John leading the way, but a bunch of us that have been here for a long time that know a lot of these guys and we're going to be working our butts off to keep those connections and those relationships and do more than ever to kind of pull the brotherhood back into the program and, um, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, everyone feels a part of it because it's, it's not, it's not coach's program. It's not, you know, it's not John's program. It's, it's the brother's program. And, uh, and, and, and that's, that's strong. You think about who those guys are, like that goes strong. That's deep. And, um, you know, recruits play, like they're going to want to be part of that. I think when you see who these guys are and that story is being told, um, you know, it's significant. So I think, uh, a long answer to a short question, but I, you know, <laughs> I think I'm again, I'm biased, but I, I'm bullish. I think, I think, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. Obviously we're all going to miss coach and he had an amazing run, but, uh, it's an exciting time. And I think everyone will see, you know, maybe some, some more change than they might think. And, and some things of course stay the same as they should. So, but uh, it's an exciting time for Duke basketball. Absolutely. Well, and if recruiting is any indication, any, any indication, he's going <laughs> to do just fine. Right? Yeah. These first yeah. two classes are loaded. <laughs> yeah. I think it, that hasn't gotten enough. Talk, like you guys probably have talked about it because you guys, you guys are following you know, so closely, but you know, what John specifically was able to do uh, in, in a short time, it was unprecedented. And I mean, he was, I mean, it was one after the other and we probably were a little bit behind, to be honest, you know, because like we were in a bit of this transition period and, and, you know, as coach was getting on, it was COVID. It was like, you know, we weren't where we probably normally were in recruiting. And like, suddenly it was like one after the other. And John basically, you know, laid out a vision, picked out the guys that he thought would be best and really went and got them. Um, You know, obviously with the help from some, but it was, it was all him. And, um, you know, he deserves a ton of credit for that story. I don't think's gotten quite enough. Uh, I don't think people, have, I know a lot of people don't follow recruiting like fans. I think you kind of have to, it's like a certain segment of us, right. That, but when you go and look in these next two years, um, you know, the 22 class obviously speaks for itself. I'm kind of a little bit partial to the 23 one and just looking at what he's doing in terms of who he's targeting the fits seems very intentional of, of trying to bring guys in together that, that really complement each other. Um, speaking of like Proctor and Foster and McCain and, and all those guys and, and what he's that to me, at least gives me a little idea of how he might want to play. Right. I'm seeing a lot of spacing. I'm seeing some shooters coming in. I'm seeing athletes switchability. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that. I really can't wait to see kind of where he's going to go for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, I want to thank Dave again for, for coming on uh, and not just for coming on, but for doing what you do. You know, like I really yep. enjoy them. I sub- subscribe. I love like when I get the notification, um, you know, I wish I were get a little bit quicker on those press conferences, you know, right after the game. I'm sitting there refresh, 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 refresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so really just appreciate the content that y'all guys are, are pumping out for us. Um, just, just top work there on that. Uh, any, any words from, from you guys? I before we get wanted out? to say the same just as a fan you know 
just enjoyed everything, you know, getting to know these guys behind the scenes, you know, 10 years ago, we watched a video of John and Gerald's apartment, you know, nobody else was putting that kind of stuff out. So um, just uh, really appreciate everything you've done. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for your time. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Um, well, Dave, as we get out of here, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you got going on? Any any shout outs you want to give to anyone? I, g- I give you a little bit of a little bit of space there if you want to do any of that stuff. The only shout out I want to give, man, is to all the Duke fans, right? Like this thing doesn't work without the support of, of Duke Twitter, of Duke Nation, you know, the folks coming through games all over the country. Like they make it so much more fun for us. You know, our, all of our facts and figures around, you know, around Duke social media are strong. And it's way more because of the fans that like us. Everyone thinks it's like, oh, not everyone, but like it's the Duke hater or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's a lot of love out there. And we feel it. We appreciate it. The players feel it, see it. And, uh, you know, so I think, and it has an impact. It has an impact on the players, recruiting and all that. So um, I would say that doesn't go unnoticed. I mean, I'm a message board lurker, social media all the time. You can't always engage in some of these spots, but, uh, you know, I see it, we see it, we feel it, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the, the clincher for me is when I have a, obviously we all do if you're living in state, right? Uh, we had Des on, um, big Carolina guy, and he's been open about, you know, Duke social media department is second to none, yep. right? And so when you start hearing that, like, I'm, you know, I know that hurts him, kills him to have to say that. But when I start hearing it from, you know, my state fans and the Carolina fans, I think that really speaks to, you know, what, what you've built and, and what we've got. And, you know, I'm thankful for it. So again, you know, appreciate you coming on. Also, we'll shout out John Watson, Steve Clark for helping set this up and make this happen. Check those guys out, thedevilsden.com. Uh, a lot of great content over there over the summer, recruiting um, and whatnot, if that's your fancy. But yeah, you know, we, we, again, we thank you for coming on and, uh, you know, email us, thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. Check us out on the boards, thedevilsden.com. Uh, you know, we said we're going to, we're slowing down a little bit over the summer, got a few more guests lined up. So, so be on the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, as always, keep the faces strong and the verb high. Go do. Dude-